You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. Tragic Songs of Life by the country duo The Leuven Brothers was released in May of 1956 on Capitol Records. It was produced by Ken Nielsen. Uh, the genre is country. The brothers wrote and performed secular country music as well as fire and brim- brimstone gospel music. Ira played virtuoso mandolin and generally sang lead, uh, lead vocal in a tenor range while Charlie played rhythm guitar and offered supporting vocals in a lower pitch. They helped popularize the vocal technique of close harmony and country rock. The album is a landmark in traditional country music featuring songs dealing with tragic heartbreak, misfortune, and classic murder ballads. So what do we all think of uh, the Luton Brothers? It's an aptly named album. I will say that track one, um, I believe, is it called Kentucky? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, they have an entirely different experience of Kentucky than I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, no, I, I, starting with that song and then going down the, the line, it gets dark. Yeah. <laughs> There's some darkness to it's this. It's like, it like starts at dusk and then it's like <laughs> blackest midnight by the end when he's just murdering girls and calling them fat. <laughs> it's like, it's just, <laughs> just murdering fat girls and throwing them in the river. It's just and lying to your mother. I mean, sonically, it's textbook bluegrass like we know it now. You know, it, it's got that just forward ahead, you know, train beat kind of vibe with the, you know, like the, you said, the close harmony fucking and the dark subject. Shreds. Yeah, Ira's mandolin work. Is, yeah. That was Ira. Yeah, Ira's the mandolinist. So Man, good. Mandoliner? Man, mandoliner. White theater and mandolinist. <laughs> yes. Four wives. It's Mandolin definitely cleaner and more straightforward than, say, like the Stanley Brothers, who I, I honestly prefer because I feel like they have so much more like emotion in their voices and mm-hmm. so much more like un- such a unique quality to their songs. It's a, a little grittier, a little rawer. Um, these guys are really, I mean, they're just clean and yeah, locked really in, clean you know, and pure. But there's not a lot of nuance to yeah, the, it's, the vocals. Well, there well. there are times that Ira and I don't know what his brother's name are, Charles something, uh, they, will, Charlie, yeah. they will switch vocals where Charlie will take the higher register and Ira will drop down mm-hmm. but it's so hard they do it so well that it's hard to tell that they're doing it. Yeah, I thought the playing was just phenomenal and their, their harmonies are, are spot on. It's hard to imagine them keeping it together, like in the context, because it seems like they were just, or Ira was just kind of a drinker, kind yeah, of a, a wild man. Yeah, but uh, 
as far as the songs go, I mean, I was I was kind of blown away of just their versions of. We were kind of talking the last time about Elvis's versions, but I'd say that their versions hold up. Um, yeah, of, was, of those traditional songs. Yeah, as far as traditional songs are concerned, I, I'm I'm kind of don't know much on it. Like in the pines, yeah. um, was that just a lead belly? Okay. Well, he or his was uh, where'd you sleep last night? But as far as like in yeah. the pines itself, like is that kind of like a Stagger Lee type thing? Yeah. Where it's just this, yes. Okay, yeah, ongoing. That was my like, favorite track. Okay. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I really yeah. like that one, and it's it's got you know the classic train car motif, but it's um, I just thought it was really effective, you know, and it, it's early enough in the catalog, you know, recorded catalog, that it doesn't feel trite or anything. You know, to have that subject, you know, if if you, you know, consider how old the song is. In the pines, in the pines, where the sun never shines, and you shiver when the cold wind blows, little girl, little girl, what have I done? That's me. Yeah. I'm glad that we got a murder suicide out of Katie Deer. That was uh, <laughs> surprising. Um, and uh, yes, Sally is uh, is terrible. It'll make you break your brother's will. Which brother was it though? Yeah. <laughs> Whose will was broken? The, the brother's will song just <laughs> just like kills me. It's that like, was so. It made me laugh at the end of the song. Yeah. yeah. It's just like I'm such a bad person, and I'm telling you all about it. <laughs> just leaving my wife, taking all the money. Yeah, these are like the classic songs of just, I mean, we were talking about Sinatra, about, about you know, how he's pining or something, and these are, are just like... Wallowing. Oh, yeah, I'm going to, no, I'm just going to murder. These, these ones are just very straightforward <laughs> to a like flawless beat and perfect performance, just being like... This is how I committed this is murder. Yeah, this is my double homicide. <laughs> what, and given what we know about, about Ira, it, a lot of it... Has to be somewhat semi, you know, autobiographical. Um, this was their first secular album, right? Or it was not too old, far into their more secular career because they started off with more, more, more gospel sort of stuff, right? Or at least this more, was more, uh, sac- more sacred music in, in general. Well, that was actually this was their second album. Their first album was uh, the Leuven Brothers on MGM. This is Tragic Songs of Life on yeah. Capitol. Same year though. Yeah, 56. what a what a kind of switch, and and just to have, uh, I can't believe this, you know, sold so well. But I mean, Murder Ballads have been playing for, I mean, we've had them for a long time. I was going to mention um, their songs were heavily influenced by their Baptist faith, and warned against sin. Nevertheless, Ira Lubin was notorious for his drinking, womanizing, volcanic temper. He was married four times. His third wife, Faye, shot him four times in the chest oh. and twice in the head after he allegedly tried to strangle her with a telephone telephone cord. Although seriously injured, he survived. Faye is reported to have s- said, If the bastard don't die, I'll shoot him again. When performing and drinking, Ira would sometimes become angry enough on stage to smash his mandolin when he was unable to tune it 
and then went sober, glue it back together, according to Wikipedia. So, so Jimmy didn't patent that move. Huh. No. <laughs> <laughs> Ira's just smashing mandolins. And then I think Ira died in the car with his fourth wife. Yeah. He got hit by a drunk driver while there was a warrant out for his own drunk driving. <laughs> Isn't Karma. that ironic? <laughs> Don't you think? It's like rain. <laughs> what a wedding. I would have uh, so, <laughs> so, yeah, kind of was a hit. Uh, Knoxville Girl was released as a single three years That's later. the single. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. About a mile from town, I picked a stick up off the ground and knocked that fire girl down. She fell down on her bended knees for mercy. She the money for bail. The Leuven brothers didn't have the money for bail. <laughs> I don't think anybody wanted to bail him out. Uh, no, That's, I don't think he had any friends. No, no. By the time he murdered a Knoxville girl for no reason, everyone was like, well, you, you figure it out. You go ahead and just figure that one out. All right. Ama- amazing that it's it's a part of, you know, our, our background, our lexicon of, like, murder ballads. What goes on in those songs is just, like, horrific but at the same time it's like yeah this is kind of just what happens and i mean this is just like a pleasant song it's just like an interesting song or something it's something we all find fascinating well the fascinating thing to me is the very like like just very like pleasant little sounds set to such dark lyrics and that's that's always so disturbing when you hear a song that like you know, you, you if you're tuned out, you just think you're hearing a little country ditty, and then you realize, like, oh my god, this is just a psychopath who just decides on a whim to kill the person that he loves. And I mean, it's that it's it's unsettling. It's interesting at the very least. But well, it only reached number nineteen on the Billboard Country. It's a great chart. choice for a single. I mean, <laughs> the ob- it's the obvious choice. <laughs> Uh, I mean, but what what else would be the the single in the in the pines? In the pines. In the pines, probably. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what the B side for uh, Knoxville Girl was. In the pines, <laughs> it's another another traditional. Yeah. <laughs> it's called, uh, you know, Memphis Girl, and then there's <laughs> yeah. Nash. There was a Nashville Girl. There was a Murfreesboro Girl. There was a whole police was a, investigation. Yeah. <laughs> as long as there's a stick in a river, it'll be all right. It took twenty years to catch him. <laughs> Alright, so the next part, uh, what do we think? Is this a classic album? Does this deserve to be in the 1001? I mean, it, it, it certainly paves the way um, for a lot of similar acts, Everly Brothers and the like, that have a significant place in, in, in the history. I, I just find it such a peculiar, you know, the reconciling of these, like, two religious Baptist boys and then how they're just singing about all this murder and is just a complete piece of shit. <laughs> like it's, it's just a, it's a very 
interesting artifact in, in general. Um, and you know, very well done. Obviously, the musicianship is is is, is fantastic and great harmonies. Um, I, it, it seems like it, it deserves a place for for just being such a almost a curiosity. Um, yeah, they they had talked about it as being almost like a concept, another con concept album like the Sinatra album you know well, just was country at this point more or less dominated by uh like spiritual like songs or like what would this have been a a kind of a just 55? paradigm shift 56 uh, 56 yeah well, a, a lot of country draws its roots from you know traditional folk music I mean a lot yeah. of these folks that grew up in the Hollers and such are derived from Scots and Irish and yeah. uh, English and German. And so you take these traditional songs that, I mean, that murder ballads have been fun for yeah. years and years. And, yeah. A lot of Irish influence. Yeah. And so you take that and you put it to a beat. And uh, I think it's interesting that the Lubin brothers really should be noted for sort of a, a two part male harmony. Yeah. I that, think that wasn't really around before. Um, I think there's uh, well they they were popularizing you know what was like music played you know just that wasn't being recorded I think it's the fact that it was like that this was um, released like by a major record company and this I think traditional music was being played you know in the holler but it just didn't have the market I think that's the big difference it's the music the music existed but like Here's what was it, Victor? Who I can't remember. You said put it out RCA or yeah. something. But like these big record companies uh, suddenly marketing it and marketing these kooky, you know, fire and brimstone guys uh, to the to the public. Um, I think that's that's the real difference. Because I mean, country music was big in the fifties. I mean, like Patsy Cline was performing around this time, fifty six. I think she was about when she was kicking. You know, and that's the music was was happening. I mean, big enough for Elvis to pop it into his his world. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're on to something too. The harmonies, like I did a little um, background check and the Everly Brothers didn't release an album, like a full album until uh, 58. So that's two two years later than than this. But, you know, that harmony was definitely something that you know. I mean, and you may have heard some of those, you may have heard some of those harmonies in in gospel. Sure, sure. But usually it was a bigger arrangement, but just to have a small, you know, yeah, uh, just just two man playing, you yeah, know, it, it was it was novel. It's worth a spin. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I, I think it definitely deserves. I mean, especially if you're even curious about country music or folk kind of gospely music, murder ballads. The curiosity of the murder ballads, I think kind of top tops it off for me of just being like so yeah. unique of like and the lack of motive b- b- bizarre like, <laughs> i want to check the so many of those yeah i mean that seems to be it's just nasty <laughs> yeah i want to check the years on when the stanley brothers are active because i swear they're from the 40s and i wonder yeah, if no, this, the the harmonies i mean well i'm just wondering if this is basically um the record labels attempt at like mainstreaming because because it's cleaner because it's like just sounds a little more like straightforward, just like a little less uh, weird voices, you know. Yeah. Like Stanley Brothers have almost like a beautiful, creepy quality to them, yeah. to their voices. I wonder if this is just the label saying like this thing's big. Yeah. Stanley Brothers are 
are hot, let's try to push this more mainstream. Yeah. Other observations about the Leuven Brothers? You want to bring up uh, <laughs> the Satan album? Oh, Satan's real. Yeah, so uh, how many albums away from this one is that one? It, it's, A lot. Yeah, A so lot. somewhere in there, there's an album <laughs> called Satan is Real. <laughs> And on the cover is a 12-foot-tall red wood cutout of the devil. And the Leuven brothers are creeping in front of this. And uh, it's at a rock quarry. <laughs> and somewhere behind the rocks where you can't see are a couple tires doused in gasoline and set on fire <laughs> to give the scene a, a nice infernal glow. Uh, just trying to put you in the mood. And it sort of looks like a skinnier version of the South Park Satan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Satan is a real... The, the, the 12-foot Satan is a real interesting depiction. Don't look real. No, he does He does not look yeah. real. But Satan is real. They're just kind of standing in front of him. They're yeah. just sort of yeah. like associating. They're, bu- they're bugging a little well, they, they, they put it there and they're like, well, we'll just put, we'll just put Satan in in post. We're just going to have this on the mark and we'll just fill it in with the devil later. <laughs> so uh, we'll wrap that one up. And next week, we, we will be doing Louis Prima, the wildest, exclamation point. So, should be a good time. Great album. And no one, they say, have lived there till this day, and the cottage to run has gone. But the villagers point out the spot where the whales droop over the door. A gay village bride from the wind that blew across the wild moon.